0: That. Joining me once again is Richie Schneiderite. Richie got a couple things to talk about. We had another scrimmage on Saturday, so it's the second and final scrimmage uh, for the Rutgers football team in the lead up to the first game this season versus Boston College. But first, this podcast is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market line odds. Lines and odds, uh find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and even golf. Betonline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head over to Bet Online today and you uh or use your mobile device, uh make your fir- to make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe fifty B-L-E-A-V five zero to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Um
1: yeah, I mean, like I say it every time, fifty percent free money is free money, and uh, take advantage of that. And uh, we're also sponsored by Adam Goldman, franchise coach. Um, basically, if you're if you're trying to start your own career and kind of put everything into your own hands, and you want to start up a franchise or be in charge of in a franchise, um, Adam Goldman can kind of help you. Jersey born guy, uh, Watchung Hills native, night Report member for a couple years now, Scarlet Knights fan. Um, he's trying to connect more with the fan base, trying to help out, uh, help you guys out to help, uh, help him out. Basically, um, he'll use his expertise. He helps others find their own kind of American dream. Um, it's a free consultation process. So have like, feel free to reach out to him. It's very simple. Um, you can check him out on franchisecoach.net or, uh, 844-800-3726. Uh, give him a call. And if you, if you want anything more on him, any info or anything, just, just hit us up and we'll, we'll throw it out to you.
0: Awesome. So let's talk the scrimmage. Uh, so is the second and final scrimmage. And I could have swore we used to have three, but I don't know if it's new NCAA regulations or just how they decided to kind of structure mm-hmm. camp now. So just, I know you can't say much, but talk in generalities. Did the team look like it's improved from scrimmage one to scrimmage two?
1: They're getting better. They're progressing. As Shiano says every week, they they are clearly progressing. They're getting a lot better. Um, obviously you have to. I mean, you got to start ramping it up. Like this, this is it. Like they're about like 18, 19 practices in like, Seasons what a week and a half away a little bit less than that maybe yeah so the, the, the kick off, off. on um... yeah we'll say a week and a half about yeah um just got my approval today so I'm excited to go up there it's going to be interesting Chestnut Hill is a uh, quite the venue I I've heard interestingly enough whatever but uh, the scrimmage it's there's still no quarterback and I'm not shocked I don't remember the last time Shiana's actually named a quarterback in training camp never maybe um, yeah it's been a while it's probably
0: been since Mike Teals. It's been known 100% who's going
1: to be the starter yeah. week, week one. It, it's going to be so interesting because, like, even if he names a quarterback, you, you have three pretty good options, it seems like, in Simon, Vedrill, and Wimsatt. Um And we, we've we seen it in the past. Shiano's not afraid to pull guys. This man just pull, pulled a freshman All-American for some random two-star out of South Carolina. Like, and Chase Dodd, and it, it worked out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I still think Vedrill's the front runner without a doubt but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, you have two young guys in Wimsett and Simon. Um, offensive line's progressing. It sounds like they do have their top eight, he told us. Now, they don't have their top five. That's that's the big issue. I think you can kind of pick and choose through that those names to see who the best five are uh, without revealing too much. Um, it's, it's pretty obvious. I think you can kind of say like guys like Colin Pierce and J.D. Dorenzo are kind of locked in. Um, the rest, it's, it's a tough call. It's still pretty close, and then... Um, linebacker core uh it's it's interesting not a lot of bodies there <laughs> that's just the, that's the scary part um he didn't he didn't go out of his way to mention austin dean and uh jameer wright collins actually even called wright collins a natural which i mean kind of, kind of could have told you that out of high school because he played linebacker in high school he looked good at linebacker. <laughs> um but then they, they brought him in tried him at running back and they, they liked him as a big power back and it just didn't work out but uh He'll have to learn. He's just going to need a lot of consistency, a lot of reps, and all that stuff. And he'll he'll get there eventually, I think. Um, maybe he won't be like a every down linebacker for them anytime soon, but he he could be a rotational piece. I mean, he's going to have to be since there's only what six, seven scholarship linebackers healthy. And then uh, they they named a starter, a kicker. <laughs> yeah. Like so uh,
0: Chiano's been pretty tight-lipped about really naming any competitions being over or favoring anybody, but. He did come out and say in his, his post-scrimmage uh, presser that they've they've established who the kicker is, which was one yeah. of the muddier battles. But uh, Jude McAtemney, he's uh, from Derry, Ireland. He spent last year at Chowan University, which is a D2 yep. uh, football program. I did a bit of a deep dive about this kid um, just to kind of run you through what we're, we're going to be looking at this year. So he's got two years of eligibility left. Um, last year, he was... Uh, In his first year of college football, it seems he, he went 47 for 47, uh, from extra points, which is awesome. Uh, he had 60 kickoffs and 19 of them were touchbacks and he went six for 10 as a field goal kicker. Um, but that, that's, that's a bit misleading. Uh, so challenge was one of the highest scoring teams in D two. I think they were the 12th highest scoring team out of about 170. They averaged almost 40 points a game. So he scored a lot of touchdowns, obviously from the 47 extra points. Uh, but also, all his misses were fairly long. He missed from 47, 45, 40, and 36. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's missing chip shots. And you also have to consider, like, this kid was playing Gaelic football, like, like four years ago. So he's new to American football. Yeah. I think there's a lot of growth potential with him based on what I was watching all of his kicks from last year. He's got a huge leg, it seems. every Sometimes you could see it from, like, just kicking an extra point when guys, like, boot it, like, way too far that's what it looked like he was just like kicking the thing over the net every time he was kicking an extra point so i think this kid's got a lot of potential um possibly one of the better kickers we've seen in a while in my opinion but obviously we're not going to know anything until you know the lights are on and he's got a pressure kick but
1: yeah i I found it kind of interesting because everyone i talked to when they first got him was like yeah we needed a kickoff guy obviously um like we lost a couple dudes uh valentino's gone um i forget i think was father the kickoff guy last year i don't even remember i think so yeah and they they were just not i don't know if they were confident enough in him to do it again so he actually came in as the kickoff guy and then he just started kicking and they're like holy holy shit like can kick like Mm -hmm. um interestingly enough this this challenge team special teams unit must have been pretty damn good because they got a kicker that's going to ruckers they got a long snapper that's going to baylor um so, so i mean like the unit's pretty good it's uh and he's got two years. I mean, he was second team all conference last year in uh, CIAA or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you look at his Twitter, he's got a couple like a uh, couple, I mean, highlights if you want to call him that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, there's not a pass rush coming after you, but he's he's going three three for three on 50 plus yarders. I mean, it's he seems pretty good. He hit a he had a 65 yarder at one point, and it's like oh shit! Like his, he's got the leg. Um, the kickoff thing, he's probably going to take off kickoffs as well, and um, He's worked out with Pro Kick Australia, who's obviously uh, everyone knows because of Corsac. And, I mean, just keep keep this pipeline going from Australia to, I guess, just working out with these Pro Kick guys. And they obviously know what the hell they're doing when it comes to special teams, and it's working out. Now, there's still one big question mark at special teams. We know Rutgers has a punter. They have a kicker. Mm -hmm. We don't know the long snapper, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. It's yeah, a- no, I I agree with that.
0: Um, especially given that Billy Taylor was such a successful long snapper, um, mm-hmm. and his younger brother was you know, given a scholarship as his like kind of successor. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising he hasn't won that job yet, based on everything that we're hearing. Um yeah. but yeah, an all international uh <laughs> kicking and punting group, I think that's gonna be fairly common moving forward for a lot of mm-hmm. programs. And R- Rutgers is clearly Kind of bought into the idea that these international guys, while they might not be super familiar with the game, they've clearly got a ton of potential because they've been kicking balls their whole lives while we've been throwing them and catching them as Americans. So,
1: yeah, uh, Ash yeah, just uh, targeted the wrong position group in the wrong country, I guess. You can't go for Sweden; you got to go for Australia. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but give, I give him credit. He did. He did find Corsack even if it was kind of spoon fed to him. But
1: yeah, sure, whatever i <laughs> <laughs> love adam but like fuck you chris
0: yeah uh so what other what other kind of takeaways do you have from the scrimmage uh from
1: saturday um <clears throat> the db units phenomenal um I, I don't think there's any question about that and they're deep they're really deep there i know um everyone wants to talk about greg saying that the d line has 10 deep the db might be 10 deep like, there's just guys everywhere. Um, it's going to be hard to keep Igbinosin off the field, especially. but you have two veteran guys in Izzy, in, who's been phenomenal at run, snap, run stopping over the past couple years, um, and Avery Young, who's probably got the most experience of anyone on the team. So it's going to be hard to keep those two off the field, but you're going to have to find a way to slide Igbinosin in there at times. Um, cornerbacks, I think it's pretty obvious. they got, they got a bunch of dudes. Max Melton, I'd be shocked if he isn't in the NFL next year. Uh, i expect him to have a very big year. I think teams are going to be have struggles with their their first their number one wide receivers. Um i think they're going to get them locked down quite a bit. I think that's when it's going to come come down to like maybe the BC game for example. It might come down to like a Jalen Gill or someone else like stepping up if they want to score at the end of the mm. day. Um i think Max is going to be able to handle um i forget their wide receiver. Zay Flowers? Yeah, Flowers. If i think he'll handle him pretty well. They're going to have to try to move him around and get Max away from him obviously, but
0: well, he's he's a slot play, slot oh, receiver okay. too. So I don't oh, I don't know if you know it's Shiano typically
1: points. doesn't like shadow guys. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, Christian mean, Christian Braswell's pretty good. Kazan is mm. very good. and He had like one of the best years per PFF. I think he was all PFF Big Ten first team or second team or something.
0: Yeah, uh, Kazan was first team.
1: Yeah, he's, he's undersized obviously, but he's not afraid to fight, I and mean, he can jump high as hell, so that helps. Longer beams, uh, transforming into a really, really good player. Um, what if what a snag? I I hate to bring up his name, but what a snag by Fran Brown in that one. Yeah. Um, he identified him at Temple, found him, got him committed, even though he played wide receiver his whole high school. And he's like, hey, we need you. Brought him over. I think he played wide receiver for like four practices, and they're like, nope, nope, go over here. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, that's a hell of a player, and there's there's other guys that are still developing. Shaquan Loyal is going to play a little bit. Um, Cardinal Davis might play a little bit. There's there's just there's a lot a lot of guys back there. Um, maybe I might be over exaggerating with the ten deep, but it's it's probably close to eight to ten. Like they got dudes all throughout back there, and it's going to be interesting to see if uh, see how they do. I mean, they're not going to be able. Teams aren't going to be able to pass on them, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, if there's any position that Shiano has really developed better than any others, it's DB. So it seems like that tradition's continuing, um, which is great to hear. But more, pretty excited to hear any kind of depth chart stuff that comes out over the next few weeks. However much Shiano is willing to discuss, I doubt it's yeah. going to be much. But um, they're starting game prep, I believe, because they're taking a day off today, and I believe
1: they're jumping into game prep starting this week.
0: Yeah, so tomorrow it's, and
1: then Wednesday, we'll be at both of those. And I think that's it for the week. And then uh, I think we wait till Monday, press conference. We'll probably get a depth chart. And the depth chart's going to say starter, or, 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 or starter, or, or, or. Yep. or and it's going to be everyone you already know about.
0: Yep. Uh, but we will know one starter, at least, and that's the kicker. Um, yeah, and, so that's, and punter, perfect. obviously. Yeah. Um, so nice. let's transition to a little bit of hoops recruiting. Um, We do have a disclaimer. I meant to bring this up on the last uh, podcast about basketball recruiting, but obviously there was about a month ago, there was a huge kind of Rutgers earth shattering news on Twitter and it was reported by Zags uh, saying that Bronny James and his camp were interested in Rutgers. Now that came out of nowhere. It didn't really have any sourcing from what you guys were able to hear. I think you got some really good Intel on this that you want to share though.
1: Yeah, so don't get don't get hyped, guys. Like relax. It's it's not happening. I from what I was told is Rutgers hasn't ever talked to Brownie whatsoever. Now would they take him? Oh, I'm sure of course they would. Who wouldn't like out of most programs, if not all, would probably take Brownie right now just for the uh the publicity alone. Um you'd have LeBron courtside, you'd have your game sold out a lot more. Um, whether you're Rutgers, whether you're I mean Duke probably sells out already, but like um whoever gets him it's it's gonna be a media shit show. Um but regardless, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like Rutgers even pursued him once, even showed interest at all. So I mean, don't don't get your hopes up. But the good news is they're pursuing a lot bigger name targets, which I I didn't think I'd be saying anytime soon. And um, Dylan Harper's obviously number one, and he's what forty spots ahead of him in the recruiting yeah. uh, the rankings or something, fifty spots maybe at this point. So yeah, no, no Brownie James, but you might get something a lot better. Pretty good consolation prize.
0: Yeah, not not too bad. Um, when and it seems like you've kind of made a lot of waves uh, amongst Rutgers fans too, with you know oh, yeah. how positive you were about Rutgers' chances with Dylan Harper. And, and since that podcast, Dylan's actually made another cam- visit to campus. You mm-hmm. uh, did the whole photo shoot and all the jerseys. Gotta say he looks pretty good in Scarlet. Um, but did you hear anything about how that visit went, or just as well as we kind of expected it to?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to it. Um, he he obviously loved the visit. He's been there. I don't even know. So I know we have only like two or three visits on the profiles, but he's he's been at almost every game watching his brother play over the past season or two. Um, whenever fans were allowed, he, he was pretty much there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the visit went extremely well. Uh, you can't really say much more. I think he just likes hanging out with the staff and the players, which is a good thing. He's, his family's very close with Cliff, so Cliff's always hyping him up on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know if you see Dylan's post. Dylan will post like a random, like, I don't even know. He'll post just like a random AAU post, and they will be like, yeah, just ball in or something. And all you see is Cliff, like, Ruckers, 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 Ruckers. Mm-hmm. Like Cliff is like the ace recruiter right here. <laughs> uh, but the family's so close to Pike. They love that. They, they, He's just so close with the Harper family. They turned Ron into a – I know Ron was already pretty good beforehand, but they developed Ron quite a bit. And that's a a big thing that's like, a lot of players are paying attention to. And you see it in the articles, too. They're saying, like, oh, Rutgers is developing dudes. Now they're putting a dude in the NBA. And now maybe they'll do it again this year with Cliff. So now it's like, all right, Rutgers can produce. They have a brand-new facility, which might be better than most, if not all. I've I've heard – I know Pike hypes it up a bit. But you see that facility compared to, like, others. Like, it's it's pretty damn nice. It's, Um, yeah. I mean, look at Kentucky, for example. They're having issues over there because they don't have a new practice facility. They have one. It's old, but Calipari probably saw Rutgers and was like, damn, I need that thing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's definitely what he's
1: thinking. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Trust me on this one. My sources are as good as Zags. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're they're doing very, very well with Dylan. I know he's probably not ready to commit anytime soon, and I'm sure he probably wants to take a couple more visits, but – I, I like Rutgers' chances quite a bit. Like it's it's hard not to. The kid's been there about like fifteen times, twenty times maybe. Yeah. Um, he's close with Pike. He's close with Cliff. I know. Obviously, he might not play with Cliff. He actually, one hundred percent won't play with Cliff. The more I think about it. Um, but he's just he's very close with his staff. Knight Knight's doing a great job recruiting him. Carl Hobbs is doing a great job on the trail, and no one's really talking about that. He's recruiting all these these DMV guys all of a sudden. Um, these, these guys are earning their paycheck. Like it's, it's pretty good so far. I mean, and then you've got TJ Thompson finding under the radar guys through his connections. Like Antoine Wolfolk was a straight TJ Thompson guy. And he looks like he might actually be a pretty damn good player down the line, obviously. But
0: yeah. And one thing with Harper is that he's not taking visits elsewhere, <clears throat> exactly. which is not necessarily a sign that he's a lock for Rutgers, but doesn't seem like he's any, in any kind of rush to go out and see other schools. I'm yeah. sure he will because he's not going to just go nowhere but Rutgers. But the fact that he's not making an effort to kind of go in the summer, I know AAU is a big thing, but this is kind of the time where you get out and see some schools.
1: It's, it's interesting. I mean, I could see him going to Duke for like a visit. I know they just offered, so obviously that's going to be one he's going to keep a close eye on. Um, Indiana, they still, still are talking like pretty highly of him. Um, I know they built quite a relationship. Do I think he goes to Indiana? No, but it would be pretty funny if he did, like, a commitment thing and did, like, what Moses Walker did in, like, Indiana. And, and mm-hmm. just, you no. <laughs> know. Awesome. might just They might shit a brick. Like, they are just, they're <laughs> it. Now, are they still recruiting at another level? Like, yeah, they just got, like, what, one of the top, like, three prospects or top five prospects in the country. So, who cares? But, um, yeah, no, Rutgers is doing phenomenal on the trail. Um, Dylan Harper, I... I if I had to make a future cast right now, I'm not going to yet. But if I had to, I'd, I'd probably put Rutgers.
0: And that's huge. Um, but obviously, he's the he's the the white whale of recruiting for Rutgers. But who else is Rutgers going to kind of doing well with and who we might see visit
1: so uh, in the near future? Yeah, we talked about it in the last pod. Trey Norman's coming to campus on September 2nd, that weekend. Um, so is Bayfall. Train Norman, for starters, uh, he's probably going to be upgraded in our new rankings. It sounds like he's going to be four-star. I don't know where in the top 150 that falls. I think it's around like 120 and up is four-star or 110 and up or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty significant jump for him because he's going from un- not unranked, but three-star, not ranked in top 150 to top 120 and 110. Um, it sounds like their Rutgers got into the game very late, uh, but they are going to get him on a visit right before his commitment. He is committing on the six. Uh, in honor of Terrence Clark, who a former Kentucky guy who passed away. Uh, hes I don't know the exact details of what his relationship was with him, but I know he was very fond of his game, and I think he's from around the same area, if I'm correct. So I think that's the big reason why. But uh, it does sound like Marquette's in a pretty good lead right now. Harvard's a dark horse candidate because he did take an official visit there as well. But you got to think, like, if you're getting him on campus September 2nd, he's committing September 6th. You've got to have a little bit of confidence there, especially because he hasn't been to Marquette since April. So yep. as much as Marquette's that favorite, Pike and crew might be able to just flip this real quick. And then you, you can't complain if you're a Rutgers fan. And I don't want to hear anyone about the rankings if he commits to Rutgers because then you'll be like, oh, he commits to Rutgers. But... Oh, four-star, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. I thought they are supposed to drop when they commit. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a good chance they could pull this off. And like you mentioned, Rutgers, Pike's done it before. He's had these yeah. guys last minute, and they're Rutgers guys.
0: Yeah, Pike's been able to close when it looks like guys are going elsewhere. In the past, I mean, we'll, we all remember Montez Mathis. It looked like he was a lock for UConn, and then over like the weekend before he's supposed to commit, he ends up at Rutgers. Uh, you saw it with Cliff. It sounded like he was an Arizona State lean late, and I mean, we recruited exactly. Cliff forever, but he ended up at Rutgers. So Pike, for all the shit he gets for recruiting, he's he's closed. He's you know in it with top guys now. I think we just uh, I think we were expecting a little too much of him early because people don't realize how hard it is to work with a program that hasn't doesn't have any facilities it hasn't made the NCAA tournament in thirty years. it was just getting pummeled under eddie jordan mike rice uh, fiasco like there was a lot of baggage with Rutgers that he had to overcome and he's showing that he can overcome it and now he's starting to take that next step with a consistently high level recruiting uh output so I think people are starting to take the, the breaks off giving Pike shit, but it's still a little
1: lingering a bit, and I, I don't think it's deserved. No, not at all. Um, recruiting alone speaks for itself. Um, when's the last time Rutgers was recruiting at this level? Maybe when Fred Hill landed like Mike Rosario and all them? Maybe? Yeah. Uh, I'd say that's probably about right. But and even then, like, they, they still weren't winning back then. At least now they're winning and recruiting at this level. And it goes to show you, winning, winning solves all. And uh, NIL is still a factor, of course, with some guys. Um, but going, I want to kind of intertwine with that. Like Bay Fall coming to campus. Rutgers must must be doing like some pretty good stuff on the NIL front that people aren't talking about in terms of hoops. If you yeah. look at Bay Fall's official visit schedules, who's he going to? It's Rutgers, then Texas, so Arkansas. It was Arkansas, Rutgers, Texas, and then he's going to Seton Hall. We know damn well, Seton Hall, and Holloway are making – headway with nil deals we know damn well arkansas is like you see these nil deals these guys are getting arkansas holy shit it's like the miami texas a&m of hoops Mm -hmm. and then uh who's the other one texas like texas Uh, no question are you kidding me yeah um so i mean either pike's like the greatest recruiter of all time to keep up with these guys without nil or there's some nil stuff going on and yeah that
0: doesn't necessarily mean he's shady either he's just
1: just (laughs) making sure that they're aware that they have opportunities at Rutgers. And there you go. That's the Knights of the Raritan who have already secured you, Caleb McConnell, for another year somehow. So, I mean, it's it's if you're not donating to them, like well, I know we say it every pod, but like you're, you're fucking up. I'm saying, it yeah. Up.
0: And, and we, obviously, we have a few sponsors now. KTR is not one of our sponsors. We, no. we 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 hype them up and give them publicity because we need to realize how important they are to Rutgers Athletics future. And I just hope everybody who's listening to this pod, if they haven't signed up yet, seriously consider it. It's only $10 a month. I mean, if if you're listening to this, you're probably a member of either one or both of the main Rutgers boards as well. Like mm-hmm. you, You've you had this hammered into your head. You guys should be joining. We, Rutgers need you. Shiano has come out and said that they need you. Pike hasn't mentioned it, but I'm sure he would mention it if it was brought up to him. It's yeah. just, you got to get in on this, guys. It's so important.
1: I mean, I, I can tell you for a fact, like, Hoops recruits, it used to be like, hey, how much po- – football, too. How much playing time am I getting? How much playing time am I getting? Now it's like, no, how much money am I getting? And it's like, yeah. that's not how it works. Like, it's not supposed to be this way. But Rutgers is doing it the right way. The Knights of the Raritan are doing it the right way. Once you get into campus, look, you got this, 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 this. Like, for example, you could kind of sell, like, the Geo Baker thing and be like, hey, look, Geo did cameos here. and he you did yeah. this. He did – Knights of the Raritan, now Caleb's doing Knights of the Raritan now there's the Knights Society, now there's this there's that, and they're having a big event coming up too, I saw
0: yeah, no, that should be a good time, I don't uh, follow them as closely as Knights of the Raritan, but they are doing great things yeah, I think Um, it's
1: the 28th or 29th, they're having the same similar event, a couple of different people, Um, Ron Harper's going to be there at Tavern on the George Uh, who else was it? Um, Eric
0: Grand obviously is going to be there, Gio's obviously going to be there um, CO,
1: um, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 something to keep an eye on. It's it's very similar to the Knights of the Raritan, but there's Rutgers is getting very involved with the NIL things, and it's it's starting to work in their favor. It looks like.
0: <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, so we've kind of ran through a lot of stuff pretty quickly today. Richie, was there anything else we, you wanted you wanted to go over before we sign off?
1: None. Let's see. Train Norman Bayfall, football. Oh, football recruiting. We didn't really touch on too much. Uh, There's not a whole lot going on. They did offer a guy, Christopher Otto, out of Key West, Florida. Talked to him for a little bit over the past couple days. Um, I'm going to go a little more in-depth with him uh, probably today or tomorrow. Uh, We're supposed to talk on the phone. But it sounds like he's probably going to stay in Florida. It sounds like he's a Florida State lean. He's going to take an official there soon. So I'd probably just count that one out. Jake Eldridge, an IMG Academy long snapper. Long snapper again. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, Rutgers is trying to find one in the 2023 class, and he's ranked number two per Chris Rubio's long snapper rankings. I don't know okay. how you rank long snappers, but there's there's a way. Um, he's gonna come to campus on an official. It sounds like in uh for, for the Indiana game, I forget when that is. I think it's October, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, he's he's gonna be one to keep an eye on. He was committed to UCLA for quite some time, but he decommitted. Uh, he's a Texas kid, so it's a little interesting. But he is playing in Florida, so this kid's kind of just traveling, just exploring the country at this point. Um, went out to UCLA, committed, decommitted now. So now he's just he's gonna be like, hey, let's try the East Coast. <laughs> um, but other than that, twenty twenty three recruiting's pretty quiet. It sounds like they're going to probably just um, push it back towards the transfer portal. Um, other than that, uh, we didn't talk <clears throat> we didn't talk wrestling really. I know they got a new assistant coach in Joe Pollard. Um, It's an interesting hire. It's a promotion, technically. Uh, You've got to replace Ashland. Sounds like he's been with
0: with Goody forever. He's been there since, like, 2011.
1: Yeah, so technically he's been there for quite some time. He was uh, a D3 national assistant coach of the year in 07, produced 18 D3 All-Americans. I mean, he he has good development skills. I think a lot of people just question. uh, He was the head coach of the SKWC as well. So now it's it's going to get a little interesting because the SKWC lost uh, lost a couple guys. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they lost Ashonaut, which is like the Rutgers guy through and through. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, he's running with NYC RTC instead of SKWC. with I don't know <laughs> the the logistics behind these wrestling clubs and how it works. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's a decent hire. It's a solid hire. I don't know if it was their top guy hard to argue I, I don't know enough to follow it like well enough i know lex would know more but um yeah they did make new hire and uh the program there's there's some people out there like some wrestling analysts were saying that they think rutgers might finish like top top five top eight in the in the uh, i saw that point. yeah so i mean it sounds like the team could be pretty damn good and then uh, uh we all know they're heavily pursuing jimmy mullen the football slash wrestling slash all-around athlete from st joe's so i mean Something, something to monitor there.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be cool to have Lex on to talk uh, wrestling recruiting because I know he's he's always getting uh, requests for updates and the, the, ask, the thre- ask the Staff threads. Um, I know he's the, he's the head coach of uh, – it's not Mondon Donovan. anymore, right? No, Donovan It's just Donovan Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he's the head coach of Donovan Catholic, so he doesn't have nearly as much time as I think he used to. So mm-hmm. give him some uh, time to answer these wrestling questions when you ask them guys cuz he's he's pretty busy at this point and wrestling's yeah. training's starting to ramp up um, but yeah but thanks again for tuning in guys we're going to try and get at least two pods out a week now that kind of we're ramping up to, to in-season mode uh, so stay tuned to your podcast feed stay tuned to the site because there's going to be a ton of content in the lead up to the season and during the season so for me and Richie, thanks again for listening guys it's been another <laughs>